You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits, B Pro Kennels, Final Rise, and a Nook Shook Professional Dog Food. And on today's episode, I sit down with Bailey Taylor of Steel Fork Kennels and unpack her journey into the world of bird dogs and get to hear some of the things she has to share and some of the things she's encountered over the years. Big thanks to our title sponsor, B Pro Kennels. B Pro Kennels is a small business creating ultra high quality and custom dog boxes for the gun dog owner like you and I. No matter how big your string of dogs, B Pro Kennels will make sure you have a box that fits your needs for you and your gun dogs. With an innovative storage design and built-in solar panel and battery bank for quick access to charging accessories like dog collars, lights, fans, you name it. This is a dog box unlike anything you've seen before. Check them out at bprokennels.com. Oh, and they're made right here in the USA. And this is presented by Anook Shook Professional Dog Food, the world's highest energy dog food, period. Anook Shook's dense formulations ensure your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field. High protein for muscle recovery and retention, high fat for quick access to much needed energy. Anook Shook works hard so your dogs can work harder. Check them out at anookshookpro.com. This podcast is also presented to you by Final Rise. All good things start with a solid foundation. At Final Rise, all three of their premium Upland vests are built around the foundational waist belt to provide you all-day comfort and endless customization. With a secure waist belt and thin, high-quality shoulder harness, this is the vest you can load down with birds and walk all day in. Final Rise is creating high-functioning Upland gear that delivers comfort, balance, and a lifetime of memories. Check them out at finalrise.com. And this podcast is sponsored by Trinity Bretons, home of the Epignol Breton, also known as the French Brittany. All Trinity Breton dogs are from champion bloodlines that are field-tested and family-approved. For over 33 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to offer you the best bred Epignol Breton in the country. Trinity offers puppies, the Trinity Upland Academy with George Hickox, Started Dogs, Stud Services, and a whole lot more. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. So glad you guys are joining me again from wherever you are. You could be driving down a dirt road in Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, somewhere around the country chasing birds. Uh, Or you could be uh, maybe at work. Maybe you are working dogs right now. Whatever it is. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, for tuning in. Um, Really, really have appreciated um, just the support for the podcast and um, been getting a ton of uh, messages lately um, just on, on listeners just saying um, what they've enjoyed and um, how, how this podcast or what it has meant to them. And also you guys have been sharing a ton of your stories, which has been awesome. Um, have loved seeing and uh, yeah, just, just hearing what you guys are experiencing out there. I've been uh, connecting with a bunch of, of folks who... Um, are out there on their first season, uh, or they might have a really young dog, maybe it's their first dog. And uh, I've loved just kind of connecting with you guys and, um, again, hearing about some of your success, some of your learnings uh, out there. So 
Uh, keep that coming. I would say keep those coming my way. Uh, shoot me uh, those over on Instagram. Uh, you can email me as well, whatever uh, is easiest for you. But uh, make sure to tag the Up on Rookie podcast in your posts, stories, whatever it might be. And I'd uh, definitely love to share some of those as well. Hey, just a couple quick things before we dive in to the episode today with Bailey Taylor of Steel Fork Kennels. Bailey and I have known each other for several years now. Um, Andy trained one of my dogs. Uh, Andy is her husband. And um, so known them for a while. Um, really, really good trainer. Great family. Uh, love how they get their kids involved in the outdoors, training, um, hunting, all that good stuff. So it's just a really, really fun conversation uh, with Bailey. But before that, um, I am going to be doing a giveaway. We are about a week and a half out from Thanksgiving, the best holiday in my mind. Change it. <laughs> Change my mind. Try to. Uh, love me some Thanksgiving. Um, it's a really, really fun time of year. And so I'm um, going to be doing a, a giveaway. Um, I'm going to do a couple different giveaways for uh, for some hats here. Um, so those that leave a review on Apple Podcast, uh, if you just screenshot your review, it has to be a new review. So, so starting today, which this is releasing on Thursday, November 17th. So it has to be a review left within Thursday, November 17th. And we'll say through Black Friday next next week. Uh, if you leave a review, screenshot that, send it over to me on Instagram, email, whatever it might be. I'm going to enter your name into a hat giveaway and you will get to pick a hat of your choice. I will, uh, I will get out to you ASAP. So pretty simple. Leave a review on Apple Podcast, screenshot your review and shoot it my way. And I will enter you into a giveaway for a hat of your choice. So pretty simple. Look for another giveaway I'll be doing on Instagram um, as well over the next week or so. So a couple giveaways here. Um, love to get some more of these hats out into the wild. Um, other than that, I feel like I had one more thing to share with you guys, but may have slipped my mind. Um, yeah, other than that, it is, uh, is turned, the weather has turned here in Colorado (laughs) for the winter time. Uh, it's definitely gotten colder here. I am going out Friday, uh, with the dogs, um, doing a little hunting. So, um, that should be fun. Uh, tomorrow I am flying to Missouri to pick up a vehicle for my wife and hauling my ass back to Colorado. So wish me luck, uh, for that, uh, next couple days, uh, should be a fun time. Um, but as you guys know, the car market is pretty insane. And so we were able to find one for her in Missouri. So I got to run out there and grab that. So got a couple things uh, to finish up here before I go. A couple things with work. And so we're going to keep this uh, a little bit short. Again, super fun convo with Bailey Taylor here. Um, talk uh, again about her dogs, her experience uh, getting into upland hunting. Uh, I think it's pretty cool just to see uh, and she, she even admits of, of kind of what she learned along the way, like when she got her first dogs, um, you know, kind of just, hey, picked up these dogs because she thought all dogs hunted. And I think we've all been there. Uh, I was kind of really brought back to some of my own, um, my own thoughts and memories when I was starting out as well. Um, just on, like, you think you know it all or you think that, you know, just pick up any dog and it's a robot and it's going to do exactly, he's going to point everything and do everything amazing. And so we get into the weeds a little bit on that. Uh, I think it's a really good reminder. Um, No matter 
um, no matter where you're at in hunting, no matter if you've been doing it for 30 years or uh, two months, I think it's a good reminder just to kind of, hey, you're not alone. Uh, I think we all hit a, hit a point where we go, oh, I, I, I don't know it all. Um, I, I have a lot to learn or... Um, you know, my, my, when I started out, I, I've grown so much since then. And so I think it's a really relatable conversation. I was really, really thankful. Um, Bailey was able to come on and, uh, have this conversation. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into episode 68 with Bailey Taylor. How many, how many litters have you guys had this year? It looks like you had some pointer puppies not too long yep. ago, right? We had a litter of pointer puppies. We bred Baymax. Um, and then we bred her to Andy's mentor's dog, Doc who we trial against as well. So nice. it, it's, it's supposed, it's going to be a really nice letter. I'm excited. That's about. awesome. I, I, I know doc, doc, I think kicked my ass in one of the trials last year. <laughs> so doc's a good dog. Yeah. He's, he's whooped me more than once. So <laughs> he's that big white short hair, right? Uh, yeah. He's got that nice saddle back on him too. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He's the one that Mark is always yelling at. <laughs> <laughs> We could get Mark on here someday. That'd be fun. That you, that would take a couple of us trying to figure out the laptop thing. But I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it would need you and Andy both to like sit down with him to yeah. get 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 the technology uh, worked out. Yep. But that'd be uh, that'd be fun for sure. Oh, well, very cool. I'm uh, I'm excited to see those puppies and uh, and what they they turn out to be. But um, Bailey, why don't you uh, just quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? And uh, put us on the map. Where where are you talking to us from? So, hi guys. Um, my name is Bailey Taylor. I'm currently talking to you from Rush, Colorado, but I am a diehard, born and true Michigan girl. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yep, yep. I was I was born up in Michigan and lived in the Midwest most of my life, and then came out here, and I've been here for I think five years now. Okay. Um, got into dogs late. Did horses first, but you know, I have fun with it and just yeah. kind of go with the flow. I kind of decided I like dogs better than horses most days. Really? <laughs> I was going to ask you about the horse. I know you have a deep love for horses. so I, I do. Don't tell Andy I said that. But yeah, some of oh, the never. dogs I, I definitely love more than the horses some days. <laughs> That's awesome. I was actually going to ask you uh, maybe like a rapid fire question at the very end. If uh, I was like, if you had to pick dogs or horses, what, what would it be? <laughs> It depends on the day, but okay. right now we'll go with dogs because they can cuddle and keep me warm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, just, just kind of to touch on the horse stuff real quick. What, I mean, what did you, what have you done with horses Are they just for having them? Did you do any, I don't know, rodeo so, stuff or? Uh, no, I actually started in horses really, really young. I got into rodeo. I was barrel racing and everything and I was doing team roping and everything like that for a long oh, time. Wow. Um, and then I had a ski accident, kind of stepped away from it for a little bit, got back into it in kind of my adult years. And I was pro rodeoing and pro barrel racing for a couple of years down in North Carolina and traveled the whole East Coast with that. So, oh, wow. yep, lots of fun. But now, again, you know, I've moved and whatnot. And it's, it's really hard to balance the dogs, the kids, and the horses all at the same time. So the horses yeah. kind of take a step back right now. But hopefully, once the little one's bigger, I can drag her to rodeos with me again. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was, you were at a trial. You were pregnant with uh, with your baby not too long ago. You were you were on a horse planting birds or something. You were on a horse. I remember you were pregnant and <laughs> riding this horse, and you were just cruising. And Andy was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh yeah, no. I actually spent most of my pregnancy planting birds for him or for hunt tests or trials or anything like that. So yeah, lots That's of fun. Cool. That's cool. The the roping. I think that's always fascinating me watching like the. Is that where you rope the calf that runs out of the chute? Yep. Or is yep. that different? Uh, well, so that's breakaway. Um, okay. But I did team roping where you've got you know the two people and oh, then you've okay. got the steer in the center and they release it and you have a header which catches the head and then a healer which catches the heels. So, okay. Yep. Dang, that's that's some talent right there. <laughs> that takes some skill, I'm sure. Like I, I can't really do it anymore, but it, I used to be really good. Just not. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Have Randy or Andy run out there and be like, "All right, <laughs> try to rope him." <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. I've, I've tried it; it didn't work out too well. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So, when you were in uh, in Michigan, I guess we'll get into a little more of your story with birds and dogs and all that stuff. Like, did you do any hunting? Like, like tell me about your background growing up. I guess, like, was hunting a part of your your family, or so, did you um, do any of that in Michigan? Growing up, a lot of my hunting experience was large game. Um, you know, we have a really big whitetail population. We have a really minor elk population in the northern part. And then we have oodles of Wait, In Michigan, you have elk? Yep, in the northern part. Really? And, the, and the very tip part of the UP, you can find moose. No way. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I, I've never hunted elk or moose yet. That That is sure, a sure. Like, I yeah. cannot wait to do that. I'm building up points, like, as we speak. Nice. Um but no, we did a lot of whitetail and we had a lot of turkeys. So my bird experience when I was younger was actually hunting turkeys. And I didn't even really know we had upland birds in Michigan, even, you know, growing up with people who had bird dogs, I, I didn't really know what they were. I'm like, oh, those dogs are really pretty. What do they do? Hunt. Well, okay. Do they hunt bear? Like, what are they hunting? Sure. And then kind of figured out, um, you know, my mom is a high school teacher. So she works with some really great ladies whose husbands actually kind of introduced me into the whole world of short hairs. And the one does horseback trials even. Okay. So um, they're really good friends still. I actually, when I was back in Michigan, like literally just a couple of weeks ago, I went out with them and kind of messed around with some dogs and but they're nice. really good guys. But yeah, mostly mostly large game when I was younger. Okay, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, growing you may have heard this before. Like growing up for myself, like I thought there's only pheasants, pheasants and quail. Maybe I didn't know there's all these other like grouse species and yep. all like sage grouse. I'd never even heard of that. And so there's this whole this like world, like tip of an iceberg. Like you're like, oh, I think I think that's what upland honey is, pheasants. Yeah. You see yep. in the magazines or whatever. But then there's this whole other <laughs> whole other side side of things. It's like a rabbit hole. You fall down into it and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> which which tunnel do I go down? And then how do I get out? <laughs> but you can never get out. <laughs> you No. As soon as you go down, you're stuck. Like, don't leave. You're, you're broke from all the dogs and the trialing and the traveling. <laughs> like, <laughs> you do that on purpose and you can't leave. Oh, 100%. It, it, dogs suck you in. And it's just like, well, I got these dogs now. I mean, <laughs> there's no turning back. It's like kids. Like, you know, there's no turning your back on them. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, you're in it for the long haul. So, and you guys, I know you guys. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But the whole trial side, you got, you guys. I know I've gotten into that pretty, uh, pretty heavy too. But, um, and I guess so. I guess what was then the tipping point then for like upland birds? Like, tell me, like, when did you get your first? When did you get your own dog? Like, like I guess walk me through your journey a little bit more. 
Um, you know, what, so, what led you down this path a little bit further? When I moved to North Carolina, um, I met a bunch of friends. One guy, he had a litter of short hairs and I ended up, you know, getting one of those. And that's my female lady or ladybird, totally basic name, but I didn't know better back then. So, hey, it's, a, it's a solid uh, name. Yeah, right. So um, I got Lady and then I had another dog that I actually got up in the UP uh, called Moose. And so I had those two for the longest time, moved back to Michigan. And while I was doing that, I started experiencing problems with my male. And I had been friends with this guy named Andy Taylor on Facebook for four or five years at that point. And I knew he trained dogs. I was picking his brain about stuff. And finally, he's like, you know what? You got some time. Just come out here. Um, you know, let's meet up, see what we can do with the dog. He actually told me if I was catfishing him, I was in trouble. I wasn't. <laughs> you know. um, but- <laughs> Did you ever think he was catfishing you, though? It crossed my mind. Like I, I okay, okay, eighteen hours, and I'm thinking, what am I gonna do if I get down so, there? So, do you guys call that your like official first date then, or kind of? Yeah, yeah. It, okay, it, okay. Yeah, I've I've got a little more R-rated version of how we call <laughs> it, but we'll save that for a different podcast. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll do that for like yeah, yeah, exactly after dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming very soon, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but so oh. um, I ended up traveling down from Michigan to Colorado and met up with him. And we just got started messing around with the dogs. And he he's a very blunt person. I mean, you've you've met him. He will tell you point blank how he feels. Your feelings don't come into consideration. <laughs> So no, that's, that's not Andy. What are you talking about? <laughs> sweet guy. I, I promise. <laughs> no, he looked at me, he goes, the male, you know what? I could have him for a while. He might turn out to be something, but it's going to cost you a lot. So he looked at me, he's like, if your ex wants the dog, just, you know, let him have the dog. He really doesn't want to hunt. He doesn't want to do any of what you want to do. But he looked at me, he goes, that female, she might be worth something. So, um, you know, I ended up giving the mail back to my ex and he still has them. He's a great house dog. Like they, they're thick as thieves. They sure. jog together. That is all he wants to do. Whereas lady, um, you know, she, she enjoys hunting. She's a really great guide dog. She's that dog on the really hard days. I put her down. I can guarantee I'm going to find something with her. Hmm. Um, so yeah, pretty much the, the dog that sometimes drives Andy, the, craziest is the dog that saves our bacon and is the reason we're together. <laughs> Look yeah. at that. All for lady. Yeah, right. But that really started me down the rabbit hole. I got out here. I saw what, you know, they could do in this huge open country because I'm from Michigan and we, we have a lot of tree cover up there. So dogs aren't getting out to three, 400 and beyond. And you don't get to see the intensity of the point and everything like that. Because by the time you get there, the birds probably already moved on and you've walked through so much brush. You're Hmm. kind of angry about it. So, um, yeah, I got out here, got to see what, you know, pointers and short hairs can do in this big country. And I went, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. It's going to make me go broke. But that's that's my role in life. So. I'm probably, I think personally, I own five or six at this point now where four years ago I had two. So Okay. So that rabbit hole, uh, it, it brought you in quickly. Oh yeah. Deep dark rabbit <laughs> hole. 
Deep, deep one. Um, so I was going to ask, so I guess when you're getting those two, first two short hairs, um, again, do you kind of already have that like drive? Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be bird hunt. I want the bird dogs. Like I'm, I'm going down this path. Yeah. And, and did you know kind of what you were looking for at the time? Or do you have any, any mentors or people in your life at the time that were, were kind of helping I you along that? thought I knew what I was looking for. I now look back and went, wow, I should not have bought that dog. <laughs> But I mean, that that's my inexperience speaking. I, I just knew, yeah, in my brain, all hunting dogs hunt. There, oh, sure. there wasn't the levels like this dog is here and this dog is way up here. There, sure. there wasn't that like checking out the bloodlines or anything like that, which is hilarious that I think about it now because I had been in the horse world. I know bloodlines totally come. Oh, sure. Place. And it, it never even crossed my mind with the dog. So I was like, literally, one dog was off of Craigslist. I saw an ad. I was like, German short hair puppy. Let's go. I drove like six hours into the UP to get this thing. And so I, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing back then, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but you learn though. And, and like you said, you can look back on it now. Yep. And, yep. and, and no, and again, we all, yeah, we all, we all do that. So it's, it's cool that you're able to sit where you are now and be like, I, I learned from that, you know, <laughs> the whole oh, yeah. bloodline I, thing. I, I learned the hard way, but I learned. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's two guests in a row now. Last guest I had on last episode, uh, I think his first, first two dogs were off Craigslist too, <laughs> but I mean, he, he got kind of lucky. I think he, he said those dogs turned out pretty good. So <laughs> yeah. you never know. He, he, he's great for what he does. Lady, she is, she's my tried and true rock star. I will never regret buying her because I wouldn't be down here, but yeah. Yeah, she, she's kind of basically a Craigslist dog. Yeah. Hey, she, she's, she's finding birds. She's living her best life and, uh, and, and doing, doing good things. So does she, uh, you said you guide with her yep. still? Yeah. Okay. Um, she actually is going out with Andy tomorrow on a guide. Um, because so we, we kind of tier our dogs. We've got our veterans, we've got our mid grades and we've got our puppies. So a lot of times what we do is I'll put a veteran out with a, you know, younger inexperienced dog because they do kind of monkey see monkey do and whatnot. Mm. And you get your veteran dog going on point and that puppy might go in there and bust the bird and whatnot, or the younger dog might do it. But then they learn like, Oh, you were pointing for a reason. I should you know, honor this back here. So that way, you know, we can actually get the bird. So, yeah. um, she's, she's definitely on our veterans list now. She's gotten a good couple years in and she picked it up quick. And like I said, if, if I need birds, she's on, and it's a rough day, like windy, hot, I snowy, I don't care. She'll find something. So, yeah, that's good. You can have that kind of confidence in a dog where you're just, all right, you're going down, <laughs> go, go do your thing and let's get some, let's get some Lucy's birds. In the time to shine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was glad you said that because I was just going to ask you guys, how do you, I know you guys have a lot of dogs. And so I was going to kind of ask, is there a rhyme or reason of like who you're going to put down that day or, or kind of switching yep. it up? But So because we have so many dogs, like they have such different personalities. I mean, I've got some dogs that the thought of being in the house, they're like, mm, nope, not a fan. I have other dogs that thought of being in a kennel is just, why would you do that to me? So, <laughs> It, it plays out in the field too, though, because some dogs are going to like other dogs and they're not going to like some. Um, and, you know, you have to take into consideration personality, conditions that day, um, and the range of the dog too. 
So we've got, you know, I like to have a good ground cover. If I can put three dogs out at a time because I'm trusting the people I'm guiding or hunting with, I do a close working dog, my mid range dog and a large dog, like a large okay. running dog. And, um, that pretty much that blankets everything. So I can say with confidence, this area has been covered. Hmm. So you, you take into a lot of different things when I'm setting up my teams for the day. So sure. Oh, that's smart. I like that. You're, you're covering everything far out, everything close, medium. I mean, you got yep. it all covered. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> less, less walking for me some days. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Let them, let them do, uh, do their thing. Yep. How has, um, how's the season been for you? Have you got out on wild birds yet? Uh, have you, you guys been doing a lot of guiding? What's, what's it been like so far? So, um, I actually, I just came back from Michigan, like I said, and I went rough grouse hunting up there. Uh, met some really oh, nice fantastic people. You know, I put a thing out on Facebook. I was like, Hey, I'm up here. I want to find some rough grouse. And I met some really great people that took me out to some really nice spots. Uh, we didn't get any in hand or in the bag or anything like that, but it, it wasn't for lack of trying and shooting. We saw a lot. We pushed a lot. We, you know, pointed a lot and everything, but rough grouse are, they're, they're rough. It's hard mm. to hold. And, um, I actually only brought two dogs up with me this time. Sven came up and then Groot, one of our English pointers. And so he, he's tentatively kind of for sale right now. And I was like, well, you know, I really want to take him out. Let's do some wild birds. Let's see what he can do because he's been up in the Dakotas hunting and he is a fantastic guide dog out here, but I'm like, let's get him in some brush. Like I want to see this. And it was it was interesting at first because he was looking at all these trees and he's like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's gotta be a tough transition. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it, the first couple days, it, it was a little frustrating, but you know, just remembering, Hey, this is a new environment for him. Let him settle into it and everything like that. And as soon as he settled, boy, did the gears kick on because we went out and I remember it one day we went out Sven pointed and I was like, okay, I know there's a bird there. And I walk up and Groot was kind of, you know, honored it. And he kind of meandered up and he definitely was in the scent cone. Probably shouldn't have let him do that. I was like, I, I want him to get into it and figure out what we're going for. And that sure. bird flushed up and he looked back at me almost like, that's what we're going for? Got it. <laughs> All right, we're good. Yeah, from then on, he was like, I found one. There's one right here. There's one right here. And like I said, we didn't, you know, get any in bag, but that light switch clicked on for him and it was beautiful. Mm. Oh my gosh. He he impressed me so much this trip. I, That's I awesome. want to sell him now. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, ah, not for sale. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can stay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So you got, was that your first ever rough grouse? Then, um, or so or you, yeah, you said you didn't bag any, but. No, we didn't, we didn't bag any. We definitely okay. shot at them on just, you know, thick, thick cover. Yeah. That's gotta be tough. I hear it's just, it's different. Like, again, I'm, I'm used to open prairies, all that stuff. Like maybe it some is. like, I don't know, some thick tree rows, but it's, I a, it's a different it's animal a up there. Style. It, it even took me for a turn too. And I grew up in there, but it, it, I'm so used to out here where I can, you know, just kind of hang out and watch my dogs and figure out what's going on. Whereas sure. I'm in cover where 50 yards in front of me, my dogs are gone. I can't see them. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea, right? What's going on with them. So it, it's definitely, it was a huge learning curve for me and is a huge learning curve for the dogs. 
but it, it was my first real like by myself wild bird hunt as well as rough grouse hunting. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole new experience, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I will do that's it again. Awesome, though. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. You have any uh, you have any other trips planned this this year or uh, just kind of. Uh, so I think the end of this week, I'm actually going with a friend. Andy and I are going up with a really good friend of ours. Um, really great bird dog guy. He invited us along for quail hunting, actually. So we're going to go out for some quail with him and see what we can get. And then I think the beginning of January, um, if it's not all five of us, it's at least going to be the three of us. And we're going to take all the dogs. We're going to Arizona and we're going for quail. So it'll be oh, a nice, nice, yep, nice relaxation for the veterans, but a nice, you know, bring up the puppies time. So, yeah. Absolutely. I'll be exciting. Did you guys just get that big, long dog trailer? Is that yours? Yeah. The 12 hole. Yep. That, oh my gosh. That thing's so cool. So <laughs> That's so cool. I'm like, I'm going to be sleeping in that in the summer <laughs> while he's out training. Right. Like move like, over dogs. Photos and like close the door again. Dang. <laughs> That's awesome. I was going to say, I'm surprised you guys didn't have a massive 12 hole like that before because I mean, again, I know how many dogs you guys have. They're expensive. Are they? Oh, oh my gosh. We got oh gosh. Killer deal on this. We got a really yeah. nice deal and it still was more than I wanted to pay, but sure. I mean, we needed it because we have so many dogs. Yeah. And it becomes a point where you just kind of have to <laughs> bite the bullet, right? We want to go on all of these trips and everything. It's like, well, I can only bring this many dogs. Who do I want to sure. bring? And then you get there and you're like, oh, I should have brought this dog. This would have been perfect. Yeah. So we, we bit the bullet and we went and we bought, uh, bought the trailer and I went and got it. And I, I love the thing. Oh, that's awesome. God. I love it. That's so nice. If, uh, let's say, here's a hypothetical for you. If, if you and Andy were going on a hunt and you guys could only bring like two dogs, who, who are you bringing? Mm. <laughs> that's gotta be a tough one. I'm sure. Am I choosing or is Andy choosing? You're, you're choosing, you're choosing. Okay. Um, Ailey, definitely. I mean, she's my diehard girl. I absolutely okay. love her. She she will do anything for me. Sure. And that drives Andy nuts. He trained her. Like, so he, <laughs> but she's still he, loyal to you. He bought me the dog, and I had her solo for the first four months of her life. And then I brought her back, and he did all of her bird work. And still to this day, I mean, and we've had judges even say it. They're like, you know, Andy, that dog is really great. But I've seen your wife run her. Why isn't she running her right now? <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. She she definitely is my MVP. She's my number one. But shockingly enough, I think my number two pick would be Baymax. Okay. Okay. That's a beautiful dog. Oh, he's, he's a gorgeous. Beautiful dog. So I am not, this is blasphemous. I am not an English pointer person. I, <laughs> I'm not. They are so amped, and which is great out <laughs> in the field. Sure, but sure. I love a dog that'll curl up in my lap like Ailey is right now and yeah. just cuddle. And sure. that, that's one of the things I love about Baymax is we nickname him the cat dog because he, he will twine around your legs like a cat. And he's just so people-pleasing and so chill. You can bring him in the house and he sleeps. And I, I love his personality. Absolutely adore it. So, And in the field... I, he's he's tried and true. If he's a mile off and he's pointed a bird, he'll let me know what's going on. I watch his tail and he's not going to move. 
So he's, he's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you gotten into uh, doing any of the training for your dogs yourself? Uh, Kind of where you, where you at with, with the training side of things? So training wise, um, Andy does most of it, you know, it's, it's always been his thing. Um, but a big thing that kind of came into play when I came down here was I used to train horses. So I was just kind of hanging around one day and I was watching him do something. And I was like, Hey, why don't you try this instead? And he looked at me, he goes, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like what, how, no, you don't know what, no. You're the horse girl. Like, just, just don't groom your horses. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. You just wanted to slap him, didn't you? <laughs> just just a little bit. So I was like, well, no, try this. Like, just trust me. And it was a dog at the time. He had came in and he had been with a previous trainer, I guess. And it was just a really bad experience for him. And so he got dropped off. He was like, my mom and dad aren't here what is going on? And you can tell he was really stressed. We had given him, you know, a couple days to settle in and he really wasn't still settling in. So I was like, okay, we really need to, you know, have hands on this dog. Otherwise it's, why is he here? We can't do anything with him. So his biggest thing was the check cord. He was terrified of it. You hmm. like, you brought it near him and he would just holler like you were beating him with it and you weren't even touching him. Hmm. So, um, a big thing in the horse world is, you know, if they're scared of it, they live with it. So Mm. I've had horses terrified of grain bags. Well, they have one on their door. They eat next to it. They live their existence next to that grain bag. So it's, it desenses, desensitizes. So, um, I was like, well, you know, let me try that with them. So we have indoor outdoor runs. And so he went and he blocked off the indoor part so he couldn't, you know, scoot inside and get away from me completely. But we have a five, I think it's a five by 16 or a five by 20 outside run. So there's plenty of room in there. And I walked in there with, you know, the check cord. I had gloves and I had a hoodie. It's summer and I had a hoodie on him because I'm like, this, this could, you know, potentially be a bad situation, but we don't want it to be. So he would just kind of walk by and I, you know, brush it on his side and everything. And eventually like he got to the point, he's like, oh, it's not going to hurt me. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So then I put it around his neck and I started adding pressure and got him to the point again. Oh, this isn't going to hurt me. Clipped it on him and everything. And that was the big thing. Like as soon as you clipped it on him, it was like a bronc. He was like, nope. Okay. Well, off. off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. So (laughs) we got him to the point again with that, you know, Okay. this isn't a bad thing and whatnot. And probably within 30 minutes of just, you know, slowly letting him be near it, having him investigate it and everything, this dog was butter in my lap, like rolled over belly rubs. And he was like, Oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? (laughs) That's awesome. And it it was kind of funny because Andy is standing outside of the kennel and he was looking at me. He's like, how did you do that? I'm like, it's what I would have done with a horse. Sure. So because of that, you know, we tag team off of each other a lot of times. Uh, he'll be like, hey, I am I hit a brick wall. I don't know what to do. So he'll explain what's going on. I'm like, okay, well, the dog side didn't work. What would I do with the horse? And go sure. into it with that mentality. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sure. Um, but, you know, for the most part with training, he, he does a lot of it. I do help a lot. I do a lot of the woe work, the force fetching. 
um, with all of our personal dogs, I do, you know, the manners, walking nicely, um, sure. the basic fundamentals stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff too, like the fundamentals is that is, is a lot of that similar to the horse world as well. It really is because behavioral horse, like yep. kind of work. Yep. Um, in the horse world, groundwork is key. And I look at, when I look at dog training, a lot of the times I look at a dog and I think in my head, I'm like, okay, well, what groundwork has this dog had? Has he had hands on him? Has he learned how to walk nicely? You know, has he had some wool work done or anything like that? And if he hasn't, sometimes it's better to go back to step one. Like, okay, let's, let's bring it back to the basics. Let's get those basics solid. Cause you can't build a building on a, you know, wobbly foundation. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to crumble. Sure. So going back to those basics, getting nice fun, fundament, fundamentals and a foundation set, you can build up onto that and you can start doing the advanced stuff. But big thing I've learned is you can't do advanced stuff if you don't have your basics. Sure. That's key. That is so key. Oh, um, Bailey, one of the things you and I were, were talking about, um, uh, a little while ago, we were chatting on Instagram. Was uh, you know, you know, women hunting and being in the outdoor space, whether it's training, hunting, tri- trialing, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what is it like for you? I guess just give me your experience if you don't mind. Like, like being a woman in the hunting, training world, trialing world. Like, is it? I, I just give me your experience. Like, is it tough? It, it, has there been any like challenges or hurdles that you've had to face or that you, you still face? I guess. Well, do you want the honest answer or the Christmas answer? <laughs> honest answer, please. That's why I wanted you on. So, yes, I I have I have hit hurdles, I have hit hardships, I have hit boundaries, and I I don't think there's a woman out there who hasn't in the hunting world because when you look at hunting, it basically started as a man's thing. It's how they provided for their family. And then somewhere along the road, women decided, well, we can do this too, which is fantastic. I love hunting. I love sure. large game. I love upland. I love fishing. I probably would do it every single day of my <laughs> life, even more than Andy wants to. Sure. Um, but I, I do. I do kind of run into some struggles and everything. Um, you know, not so much training because I train with Andy and sure. I'm, I'm very outspoken just like him. And we do butt heads with that. But that's how we get along. But, you know, in the trialing world and even when I travel and I go hunting, a lot of the times I show up and I, I get the, oh, you're, you're a girl. It's hmm. like, yeah, did, yeah, I, I am. Um, and <laughs> good, even good, I, good eyes. Yep, you, yeah. <laughs> you're a smart one. <laughs> the last time I checked, it was, thank you. <laughs> but even guiding. So I, I guided while I was pregnant and I was, you know, bird planning. I was trialing. I was testing. I didn't stop. And I, sure. that was one of the things I asked my doctor is like, is this okay? And she asked me, she goes, have you been doing it? I was like for years. And she goes, don't stop. It, hmm. It's going to be more detrimental. I said, okay, if you're good with it, I'm good with sure. it. And I had regular checkups. So, you know, if something would have popped up, I wouldn't have. But um, no, up, up until I think a couple days before I had her, I I ran regionals. I was doing testing with um, AKC hunt testing with the dogs. And I was planning birds off of horseback and everything. The day before I went riding, I did a really heavy Western pleasure workout with my horse because I was done. I was actually trying to ride her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're trying to like get the baby out. Yeah. yeah I was like, okay, <laughs> we, we got to do something. She's got to get out. Right. So, um, 
But I remember two specific times when I was guiding while I was pregnant. The one person I, they told, you know, I showed up and my mother-in-law was like, well, this is your guide, you know? And he looked at me, he goes, you're a woman. And I said, yeah, I am. And he goes, is there anybody else? And I said, no. And he went to my mother-in-law and talked to her and she, you know, politely said, it's her or no one. Hmm. And he left. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, um, okay. Wow. Okay. And then the second time, um, it's a completely different person, but I was very obviously pregnant at that point. Sure. I, I couldn't fit in my jeans anymore. I was wearing like overalls. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. You, you, do, you do what you can at that point. Just... Yeah, exactly. I was, I was just trying not to like pee my pants and be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, waddled in and I was like, hi, I'm your guide. And he went, you're pregnant. I said, yes, I am. He goes, are you going to be good? I said, I should be if I start to go into labor. Um, you know, here's, here's the passcode to my phone. Oh my gosh. That group ended up being super cool. We went yeah. out a great time. <laughs> they even said, well, I'm cleaning birds. They're like, we could barely keep up with you. <laughs> You're like, damn right. Yeah. And, I was, and they were kind of laughing. They're like, oh my gosh, like I'm exhausted. I'm like, I could go back out. <laughs> like, How long do you have? I'm like, oh, about a month and a half. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, about a month and a half. And I've, I've got, you know, a hunt test coming up in a week or so. And he's like, you're crazy. Like, yes, I am. Thank you. Yes. Oh, but, my gosh. Um, those are the two real big parts. And yeah, I do Nastra. I love Nastra. I'm super competitive. And I feel like, you know, being one of the few women in our division, because we, we trial against each other. Sure. Um. I feel like being one of the few women who is in that division, it, it almost makes me a little more competitive because mm. it's fun. I can, you know, we all joke around at the end of the day and I, I get to be like, you got beat by a little girl with a little dog. How does that make <laughs> you feel? But, you know, so, so you like to use it to your advantage a little bit. And it's kind of yeah. like, you know, <laughs> no, when it comes to stuff like that, I kind of use it a, a little, little bit of as a mind game. I show up, I'm like, Oh, hey guys, like, let's go trial. <laughs> And then when, you know, we have a good day and we've really racked up birds, I get to look at you and go, did you have fun? <laughs> you are cold hearted. You are cold hearted, Bailey. I am. I am. I'm <laughs> overly competitive, unfortunately. But oh, I love it, though. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And, you know, the, the guys that I love in our division, they they get it. And they like, yep, I and one of them, he's he's like six foot two, huge guy, bald head, looks like a biker, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. You're talking about. looked by a little girl, <laughs> and it's it's a fun joke with all of us. So. Sure. Oh gosh, so so those two experiences, Bailey, that you shared, uh, you know, with that with that guy situation, like, uh, do do you ever get like just. I guess just frustrated and discouraged in those moments when, when you, when you have a, I guess just a frustrating encounter or someone's like, Oh, well you're, you're a woman. You know, why are you out here hunting or why are you out here? Try-? Like, do, do you ever just hit a wall and go like, what the, what the frick's going on? Like, <laughs> do you ever hit those, hit those times? I do. And I actually, I just recently hit one too, um, while I was up in Michigan and it's not because anything bad happened. Um, it was just, it, it was kind of because I'm a woman in Upland and it was kind of because I'm married to a professional trainer, um, because that, that brings its own struggles. A lot of the times, you know, 
my accomplishments with the dogs, even dogs that he's trained become his accomplishments. So I was, I was talking to him and I was actually talking to one of my other friends. She's, you know, another really great lady. And I was like, you know, how, how do I deal with this? And I love her to death. Her name is Aaliyah. Um, and she's just like, you, you just suck it up and you go, you just go on (laughs) and you just keep pushing forward. You keep showing them. I did that. That was me. That was my accomplishment. I've worked for it because yeah, even though I do, a lot of my dogs are trained by Andy. He is a pro trainer. I, I help, but 90% of the work is, you know, his work. Um, but I have to remind myself when I'm out there with that dog guiding, hunting, trialing, testing, mm. I'm handling the dog. So, mm, that's so true. I, yeah. You're I'm the so one putting in the work, you're, you're handling, you're shooting, you're working with that dog in that moment. Yep. I'm showcasing his skills as a trainer, but I'm also showcasing my skills as a handler and the dog skills being handled by me and anybody else. So it, it is, it's very frustrating. Um, but you know, I, I've got some awesome, awesome friends, you know, guys and girls um, that just look at me and go, you're, you're amazing by yourself. And I do, I I have to remind myself of that sometimes. And it is a struggle, but I would not change a single day of struggling or having somebody, you know, leave a guide. And I don't work that day because I'm a woman, because you know what, that day I actually went out, I took dogs and I went scratch hunting, met up with Andy and his group and had a phenomenal day. (laughs) That's awesome. I, I don't think I would have had that good of a day if he would have stayed. It would have sure. been miserable. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a challenge, but it's 100% worth it. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Do you, I, I guess, you know, other other women who are listening out there, um, maybe maybe they've been in this a long time, maybe they've been hunting a long time, or maybe they're just getting into it. I guess, is there like any piece of advice you would want to give them to say, hey, if you're just getting started out in this, you're you're a woman. Like, I guess, is there any piece of advice or things that you've learned that you you would want to say to them? Um, I would definitely suggest, like, if you're just getting into it, find another chick that wants to hunt. Um, I'm really good friends with a girl now who uh, she came to us for classes and she's been doing hunt tests and everything. And she's very new into it. And I, I'm still learning. I have a lot to learn. I am by no means a professional or like notable person in Upland whatsoever. I have so much to learn, but it's nice knowing there's somebody else wanting to learn with me. And it's also nice knowing I have people to go to who have more experience that I can, you know, talk to. And so, hey, this happened. What what can I do? Or, hey, mm-hmm. I'm looking for this. Where can I go? So sure. find find people, like find your niche, find your group of people and like find your tribe and sure. just roll with it. And don't be afraid to ask questions. I've I've asked some stupid questions, but because I've asked those stupid questions, I've made great friendships. I've met Mm -hmm. great people and I have had great experiences from it. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think the trial, the trial side of things is a good avenue for that? Like like if you're just starting out, do you think a trial, whether it's Nastro, hunt test, whatever it might be, do you feel that's like a, a good starting point for some people? Um, it depends on the person. Okay. If you are a thick-skinned competitive person, sure. If you are not, no. 
Um, okay. I, I'm very blunt. I am very thick skinned. I will give as good as I get and I will give even more if you're just that right person. And, um, there are some days even I leave the trial field and I'm just like, that was kind of mentally exhausting to deal with, mm-hmm. uh, because there are a lot of competitive people in trialing in all sorts like horseback and bird dog challenges, all of it. They're there to win. And there are sure. some people that can't disassociate, you know, being friendly in the field, like leaving it in the field is a big yeah. thing for me. I might rise you in the field, but as soon as we walk out, I'm going to shake your hand, tell you great job. I don't care if I like you or not, but sure. we, we leave things in the field in our family. Yeah. So, um, I, it, I definitely suggest that people go out and go and watch because they might discover that they do like that. And it is their thing. They might discover I, that they need a little more experience before they get into that. Um, I almost think kind of if you're getting into it first, I would suggest doing hunt tests because it's it's mm, okay. more laid back. It's more chill. You know, people are going to be there to help you. People are going to be there to support you. And they want okay, you. Because you're not directly competing with that person and their yeah. dog, right? Yep. In hunt tests, the big thing that I have to remember, and I struggle when I do hunt tests, I have to switch the competitive brain off because <laughs> when my bracemate does good, and it's not even called the bracemate, but I don't know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> When, when my my partner, the other dog, the other dog, <laughs> the, the other dog, whatever, I do good. I want that other dog to succeed because that means I can succeed. Sure. So, um, whereas in Nastra and trials and everything like that, it's kind of like a you want to find all the birds. <laughs> like, let's be honest. You don't want you to do good. Yeah. It, it's right. yeah. I I don't wish anybody ill, but at the same time, I walk in the <laughs> and it's like, bring it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you you get that competitive side in you. It's like I want this to be a of a competitive match, basically. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised I don't get yelled at for running in the national field <laughs> because I have a very fast walk. You do take some fast strides, I will say. I <laughs> but can. it's never running. It's it's like this awkward like you like you you're very moving very quickly. I will say. You want to know what it is? It's showmanship. For horses, they have this very fast walk, but you have to have oh. one foot on the ground at all times. And oh, my wow. best friend taught me how to do showmanship and all of that. And um, I actually, I was talking to her the other day and I, we were laughing about it because I had sent her a video. She goes, I know what that runs from. I'm like, it's not a run, it's a walk. It's a walk. Get your term right. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. Um. With Nastra, um, I guess with, with both both areas, um, have you? I guess what are some of the things you've done? I know you've bird planted. Have you judged at all? So I am actually working on getting my judges cert for uh, Nastra for our region, uh, just because you know not everybody wants to do it, and I'm I'm kind of like in this awkward building year with dogs. So for us, we have to, we don't, you know, start Nastra right away. We have to have a senior title on a dog before we'll do Nastra because trying to do all of the, you know, hunt test stuff, it, it requires very like fine tuning and Nastra is okay. a free for all. So I'm, I'm in this, you know, awkward building year with dogs. So I was kind of like, I spent the last two years at least, I'm like, well, I'll plant birds. 
And I was asked if I would judge. I was like, yeah, I will, but I just have to get my cert. So I'm, I'm working on that right now, but mostly, nice. mostly bird planting, lots of bird planting. Okay. okay. What was it? And that's something I've never talked with anyone about. Um, sorry, I'm trying to adjust this heater. It's burning my feet under my desk right now. <laughs> I have like boxes all over too. I'm like, I'm going to start a fire in here. <laughs> this, is, this is not good. If I, if I dart away from, from a screen, that's want to find the <laughs> I'll, I'll extinguisher. Worry, yeah, I'll please do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess what goes into bird planting? Again, whatever event you're in with, whether it's Nastra, NAFT, whatever it is, you're, you're going to plant birds. Um, can you walk someone through like like the rhyme or reason, maybe some do's or don'ts if someone's uh, helping out uh, volunteering being a bird planner? So um, the big thing I have learned, and I mean, I've, I've picked a lot of people's brains with it. Um, one of the guy who does uh, bird planning for Nastra, Bo, he, I, I've picked his brain so many times because he's one of like the top people for Nastra. And I watch him. I, I watch a lot of people bird plant for all sorts of events because I kind of think of it as what I do for training. I, I pick little things from here and then I'm like, well, I like that. I don't like that, but I really like that. So I, sure. I kind of pick things together and make my own style. And um, so when I go out into a field, ooh, Ailey, um, when I go out into a field, I, you know, I want to go out before dogs are even being run and I kind of want to look at the field so I can see what it looks like, what are the grass conditions, where can I set things. And I like to change it up. It, it's never in the same place. Um, you know, sometimes it might be more challenging because you don't have good cover. So you have to get a little crafty, like, oh, okay, well, maybe a bird will hide under this cactus hmm. or in the shade of this water tub. Um, and there are some times that I know some people, you know, they'll, they'll hide birds in, they'll plant birds in, you know, tall grass. And then in the same, you know, bird planting loop, they'll throw a bird down in the barest patch of ground you have ever seen. And hmm. I've seen birds stay there. Um, oh. But you, you kind of have to think where, what's going to keep the bird there because ultimately the success of the dogs in that brace is kind of on the bird planner. Because if you're not, you know, putting the bird to sleep good enough or, you know, it's not being planted in an area that'll stay, it's going to get up and it's going to move and it can move out of the field. Um, but I will say, too, a big thing is since I've become a bird planner, it has completely changed how I go into a brace, be it hunt, hmm. test, or trial. Because now that I've bird planted enough, I think, where would I set birds? And I'm going to start investing. Oh, you're, in you're looking through that lens now. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's, that's a really good term. I'm looking through that yeah. different lens of where would I set birds? So I'm going to check those areas. And then after that, I'm going to check the next level of areas that I would plant in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it, I haven't, you know, it's not foolproof. I've definitely sure. gone birdless on rounds. Um, but it, it helps a lot and it, sure. it, correlates to kind of into wild birds too, because you think about the cover, where they're going to be, what they're going to be looking for and everything like that. On a really hot, dry day, I have found birds next to water tubs. I have seen quail hop on water tubs to drink out oh, wow. <laughs> the water tub. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it's a lot of, a lot of things to take in. And if somebody's interested in planting, 
I always advise them, go out, go watch. If you can ride along, go ride along, you know, ask people who, you know, who plant birds, pick their brains because if they're, if they're good people, they're going to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's also pretty cool too. You, uh, (laughs) I've seen you plant from uh, horseback too, which is (laughs) kind of fun to watch, watch you ride off on the horse and (laughs) absolute favorite way to do it. That's always fun. That's always fun. Quad, but if you give me a choice, 100%, I'm going to do it off of horseback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hey, what's, I mean, what's better? You're at, you're at a nature event, you got your horses, your dogs. I mean, all's, all's good in the world, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you're, so I know you mentioned hunt tests as well. So are you, so you're working on finishing your dogs as a senior hunter in that Yep. right so, now or? Well, Ailey, Ailey got her senior hunter. Um, okay, nice. Yep. So she, will she'll probably be going back into Nastra for a little while and we might try for her master or yeah Nastra and we might try for master hunter when she's a little older um okay. just because she she played Nastra before we started doing hunt tests and it like okay. I said it kind of messed things up it makes things hard just uh, going back and forth or, or it, doing it at the same time Oh, well, so the month before I had Marin I literally my weekends were Nastra trial hunt test, Nastra regionals hunt test. And oh, it, wow. it was, it was intense. Okay. Um, and it, it definitely threw the dogs for a loop because we were up at Hudson for, I think every single one. So oh, the dogs were like, are we trialing or are we testing? Golly. So it, it, it was hard. And as soon as they start to trial, they, they want to trial. They like that speed and comp- uh, competition. Sure. So, yeah, that's why we kind of have the new rule. We do the testing first and then we, you know, release them into trialing. So, okay. When you were doing that with, uh, so, so going do again, Nashra hunt test back and forth when you were in Nashra, then as you're running that dog in your mind, are you trying to, I guess, slow it down a little bit and keep them steady for with thinking about the hunt test in the back of your mind? Or did you say, Hey, so, we're going to do our thing here and touch um, it up later? With again, it's funny that you bring that up because that was a serious conversation that Andy and I had had at that time because I was running Ailey for all of it, even being hugely pregnant and waddling through the field. Um, <laughs> I so one of the big things because he he wasn't too keen on me doing that back and forth, but I was like, you know what, I really want to do this, I want to get this done, but I, I really want to do Nastra because I know as soon as I have this baby, it's it's going to slow down a lot for sure. me. Um, so I was like, this is my last hurrah, let me let me do this. We're going to mess up, but that's part of learning. Uh, but one of the stipulations was when we were running Nastra, the birds had to be clean, meaning, you know, she points it and as soon as she pointed it, we were working that bird like we were doing a senior hunt test. So no okay. movement, no, I, I didn't let her break at the shot because what we actually do is if we're training for, if we're going for a senior title, we're training at master level. Um, so I was expecting her no breaking at the shot. She couldn't move until I released her. She had to bring it back to hand on my left side, you know, okay. looking for that oh, wow. really clean, you know, bird work. Um, now that she has that senior title, it, it's as long as she brings the bird back to me, we're, we're great. Yeah, you're, you're a little <laughs> more we're, relaxed. We're yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's gotta be intense. Cause yeah, you're, you're living with, living in both those worlds where yeah. you're having those, those two goals in mind. So that's gotta be uh tricky for sure. 
it, it's putting on one hat and taking off another, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but right, a, a good dog will adjust well and yes. make those yep. make those changes as they need. So that's pretty yep. cool. And we we've gotten pretty lucky so far. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that's awesome though. That's awesome. Well, Bailey, this is uh, this has been so much fun chatting with you. I've uh, I've really really enjoyed this. Um, a couple more things before we wrap up, if you're uh, if you're good on time. But yep. um, one of the things I like to kind of close with is uh, you know thinking about maybe the the rookie uplander out there. Uh, maybe someone listening to this is um, and maybe they just started their their first season, or maybe they're just wanting to get into this. Mm-hmm. What's a piece of advice that you'd give them uh, to someone listening out there? So I actually have three pieces of advice. And oh, look at you. I know. Bullet pointed list. I love it. I, I do. Prepared. I bullet pointed and then like little notes yeah. in there. Yes. <laughs> so my first piece of advice is it's very generic and I feel like I hear it all the time, but I feel like people don't really listen to it is trust your dog. Hmm. I don't care if it's a young dog. I don't care if it's an old dog. Trust your dog because they can smell a whole lot better and they can, you know, they can see stuff that's going on that you can't. Um, and then my next piece of advice, I, I had actually received for years from Andy and didn't really listen to, because you know, who listens to their husband? (laughs) Overrated. It it really is way overrated. (laughs) Um, I actually heard it again after my first NASTRA trial with Ailey, because his mentor was my judge. And I was so excited because I was like, yeah, I'm going to show him everything that, you know, I've worked with, with this dog and how great Andy did. Like, it's going to be great. He's going to be so impressed. So I did the whole, you know, brace. And this was after Sven and I went only six minutes and 32 seconds and I bawled and didn't want to do it, but they talked me into running my dog and I'm so <laughs> happy I did. But I, I went out there and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I got done and I went up to him and I was like, Mark how did I do? And he goes, the dog did great. I was like, yeah. He goes, but you need to shut that up. And I looked at him. Like, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. What? He what goes, did you say to me? Yeah. He goes, shut up and let your dog work. And that, that old man's voice is in the back of my head every time out, out with dogs, be it guiding, trialing or testing. Oh, I bet. I bet that sticks with you. It does. And it, it hurt, but it, it's great advice. Shut up and let your dog work. If you sure. are asking somebody or your kid like, Hey, I need you to go to the fridge and grab this. And they're going to the fridge and you're like, Oh, and by the way, do this. Oh, and do that. The dog or your kid is going to be like, I'm sorry. What, what, what do you want? Give me a list of 25 things to do. Exactly. Just, just let them work. And my final piece kind of ties into it. Let your dog make mistakes Hmm. because nothing is going to teach your dog and you better than mistakes. You can't, you you will never go out and do a perfect test. You will never go out and do a perfect trial and you will never go out and do a perfect wild bird hunting experience. There will always be a mess up. And that's fantastic. I love mistakes. I love mistakes in kids and I love mistakes in dogs because it's a experience. Yeah. Oh, they're going to learn something. Not only them, but like you said, yourself. And I know I'm not learning things when I'm doing things, quote unquote, perfect, (laughs) like air quotes, like I'm not learning anything. My dogs aren't. Yep. You're not learning anything and your dog's not learning anything. Some of the best experiences, memories, and learning experiences I've had is when I really messed up and I 
I actually messed up big time with Ailey and it bit me in the butt. I had, I should not have had to force watch her, but I did Mm. because I, when she was younger, I would play with her and I'd just take things from her right away. She'd come up to me and I'd take it from her and I'd chuck it again. She'd be like, dude, I just brought you that. Now I have to go get it again. And so at that point, she just, she didn't really like it. She wasn't enjoying it. So that was, that was my mess up. And I've learned hugely from that. And now, you know, young dogs, like I tell Andy, I put my little girl voice on and I overly praise and (laughs) oh my God, good job. And you know, then I take it from them, but you have to make sure to thank your dog first. So sure. Let them make mistakes. So good. One kind of follow up question on on that point. Again, a lot of your dogs make mistakes. How do you feel? It's just a casual conversation here. I'm, I'm talking out loud. I, I guess, how do people get to that point of being okay with their dog making a mistake to learn? Because again, so many of us, I'm sure we want to, our dog needs to, you know, right out of the gate at a year old, they need to be doing this, 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 and this perfectly. And I guess like, like, well, I don't know. What do you think it is? Like, like how can someone get to that point of, okay, yeah, my dog busted those, those birds, didn't get any today or whatever it might be. Do you have any like random thoughts on that? I, I kind of do because I see this a lot. So we do have, we have the training kennels and I, I deal with a lot of the clients, you know, intake and them picking up dogs, you know, just kind of chatting with them sometime too. I'm, I'm quote unquote, the secretary. Um, but a lot of times we'll sit and we'll talk with people. And a lot of times I hear, well, my dog is so-and-so old, so it should be doing this. Like you mentioned. Mm. And if I know the person, I'll, I'll kind of laugh at them and go, why do you think that? Because you as a human being learned at a different rate. So hmm. your dog is going to learn at a different rate. And um, a huge thing I have found that helps with people kind of realizing where their dog is at yeah. is, you know, putting putting kind of like a people age onto it. Like hmm. your dog is so many months old. So developmentally they're a toddler or they're a teenager or they're a young uh, adult. And then they're kind of able to think about, well, I definitely was not able to do anything like that at that age. Right. So, right. When I was 15, I was <laughs> makes, makes sense. Real Sorry, dumb. I was expecting way too much out of you, you know, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, learning, that your dog is going to make mistakes is a hard thing. I still, I get frustrated with our dogs sometimes because sure. I go out and I'm like, I play in my head. This is going to go like this. This guide is going to go like this, this, and this, and it's going to be perfect. We're going to get all the birds. Never works out. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll expect something out of a younger dog because they've been doing really good in training and we'll go out guiding or we'll go out wild bird hunting and I'll expect the same thing. And I don't get it. And it is, it's very frustrating sometimes, but I always remind myself and I encourage people to remember it's, even if it doesn't go as you want, use it as a training tool, use it as a learning experience, you know, for the dog or for you or for both of you. Um, I watch people fail in tests and whatnot. And one of the best things I love when they do is, you know, they'll ask, can I finish that bird work? And a good judge will tell you, yes, you can, because they know I'm Mm. using this as a learning experience. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, I see it in master. They can't break at the shot or, you know, they can't move on the bird. 
And if they do, they're obviously, they're, you know, picked up. And I love when I see the person go, can I finish this bird? Mm-hmm. And I love it even more when the judge says, yes, you can, because yeah. at that point, you know, you can pick your dog up and you can set them back where they should have stayed and, you know, sure. finish out that work and teach them that was good, but this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. So it, it, it takes that. a lot of patience and a lot of learning on your end. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Bailey. I love that. All right. Um, well, last thing I'd like to uh, wrap up with is uh, the rapid fire round. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions here and uh, we'll bring this thing home. All right. Okay. Cool. So uh, first one, Bailey, what came first for you? Uh, the dog, the gun, or the bird? Um. So dogs definitely came first, followed by birds, and then gun. And gun is very loose because I actually don't shoot guns. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Wait, say I, that one again. I, I, I don't like to shoot shotguns. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually getting in. Yours out there for the dogs. I Well, for me, it's all about the dog work. I yeah. love the dog work, and I'm actually getting into falconry and hawking because oh, nice. I, I was given a gun when I was younger, and it was way too big for me, and it knocked me on my butt. I hit oh, my gosh. And blew, oh, awful. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. And we, we see that so much out here on the preserve where people bring these little kids out with these big guns and it just, it ruins them. Sure. So we like, you know, I'm taking things very slow, probably slower than I need to. Um, but even with the kids, we take it really slow. We, we let them step up as they want. So yeah. Sure. Don't do that that's with awesome. your kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Start them slow. Yes. Start them slow. I, I, that's an L. That's an analogy for everything. Dog, take it easy. Take it slow. Kids, start slow. Yeah, everything, everything. Uh, Okay, uh, next one. Well, crap. This this plays right into it. I was gonna say, what gun are you carrying into the field, and why? I I do actually carry two guns. I have two guns. I will carry. Okay. Um, because there are sometimes I do have to shoot for myself. I try and do safety as often as I can. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I did not know this about you. Andy has two guns that I, I guess, tolerate is the word for it. I, I do like them. Um, <laughs> sure. He has a CZ Redhead, which is a 28 gauge. And okay. if I have to carry a gun for Nastra, that is it. I, I like it. You know, I actually use a low noise, low recoil load even. Oh, nice. That. And it, it's, it's like a little baby bump. It doesn't hit hard. It's nice, light gun, and it's really pretty. It's wood. Um, and then he's got a Franke affinity 20 gauge, I think, uh, it's his training gun. And that one's, that one's not bad. I actually shot a dove out of a tree while I was pregnant and with that <laughs> gun, cause I could only, it was okay. the only one I could find. And I was like, Oh, yeah. this wasn't too bad. So <laughs> nice. I, I like Again, that tolerates one. the word, right? Yeah, tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, hopefully soon I'm, I'm working on doing the whole, uh, falconry thing so i'm i'm working on getting into that so hopefully soon i'll have that that's super cool that's a whole nother experience right there yeah, we'll, well, we'll talk about you, that another one exactly exa- <laughs> i was gonna say we're gonna have you back on we'll talk about that uh <laughs> the whole thing um all right a couple more here um what's one piece of gear you would never hunt without socks oh socks talk to me about socks i am a sock snob um <laughs> I mean, I have, I've got my boots that I like, and I'm very particular about that, but I am even pickier on my socks because if you have, 
a crappy pair of socks, your feet are destroyed, and then you can't walk for the next however many days. It ruins things. It just it it makes it you puts you in a bad mood. Yeah. It puts other people around you in a bad mood. Socks, one hundred percent. And I mean, right now, my favorite pair. I have like a small fortune in like Dickies socks. They're they're okay. thin. I don't do thick socks because then your feet so you're sweat. Going thin. Okay. Thin. Yup. So, and I learned that through skiing because I used to, I actually, I still do ski a lot. I used to professionally race downhill, but um, everybody oh. always wants to do thick socks and then their feet sure. sweat and then your feet get cold and then you get really cranky. Yeah. So thin socks, your body will keep your feet warm. So I just do a thin, you know, nice thin sock on it. And yeah. I have ones that have compression because okay. my arches and everything like that, but nope. Thin pair of Dickies socks, and I'm I'm golden. You're golden, you're golden. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, uh, here's a new question I'm trying out on you. Here we go. Uh, pick one: a, a, a hunt at, at first light, the sun's coming up, legal shooting hour, or a golden hour hunt, sunset. It really depends on what I'm going for. Um, okay. I've learned. And I, I'm not sure if this is actually true, but this is a lot of what I was told when I was out rough grouse hunting is it's better to go in the afternoon. Um, you, you can just, you find them better. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm still okay. figure all that out. I'm still learning, um, sure. but you know, when I guide, I like to get out there early in the morning though, just, you know, get things started. It's sure. nice and cool. And I love it because the frost and the, you know, gorgeous sunsets, but yeah, I have to say that one, it really depends on what I'm, what I'm going after. Sure. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, two more here. Uh, your go-to snack you would take on a hunting trip. A pasty. What is that? <laughs> it is. Actually, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I know. <laughs> it is. Um, it, I'm sure it's not just in Michigan, but it is was up in the UP, the miners' wives made these things and it's like a pie pastry filled with meat and root vegetables. And they'd wrap them in, you know, like tin foil or something and you'd stick them in coals of fire and warm them up and they'd eat them for lunch. Wait a second. Is there another name for these things? No. No? There's called a, pa- a pasty? Paste, they're pasties. Pasties. I feel like there was someone I was just talking to who said something. They described it like a pastry with like meat inside of it. Yeah. Um, but they, I swear they call it something else. A pasty is what you put on. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm even more confused. I'll explain that one like when we're not recording. I'm so confused. It's, it's a little, a little odd. Oh. You're okay. Right. Yep. That's on the other, that's on the after hour show. After hours. Um, <laughs> oh God, no, moving I, on. I don't think it has another name, but yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's a, like a pie dough with meat and root vegetables, like root okay. potatoes, carrots, everything. It's, they're so good. Oh my you God. Got heat, you got heated up though. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Wow. What happened to like a granola bar? What happened to like a bag of chips or something? People are coming out with all these. Like my last like string of like five guests have all had these weird snack or beverage choices. I'm like, what the hell are these things? Have you ever had a nature value granola bar when it's broken up? Nobody wants to eat it. <laughs> no, no one wants those. No, no, no. Those are garbage. We, we threw them out. We said enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. You feed the chipmunks with those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Last one here. Uh, beverage of choice after a hunt. Pedialyte. 
Oh my God, here we go again. Pedialyte. Why Pedialyte? Because, so for me, because I'm a lowlander up in the high altitude. Oh gosh. I I hate drinking water. I think it's disgusting, revolting, and vile. Oh gosh, you're just like my wife. It's it's awful. I I would rather I yeah I I can't tell you what I'd rather drink, um, but no. So Pedialyte or stuff like that, it has your body needs the electrolytes and the sodium that you don't need water. You need sure. you need the minerals and the vitamins and all of that. Just, I just feel like they make so many so many better options than Pedialyte. So you give your kids and the kids don't want to drink it when they're sick. Even are you kidding me? The blue raspberry is fire. Like, I don't know if I, we, we've tried that, but I, I have Pedialyte sitting in my fridge right now. And no one wants to drink it. Send it to me. I'll drink it. <laughs> oh, gosh. We got Gatorade. We got Propel. We got all so sorts of body armored stuff. So bad for you. It's just sugar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no. They make a zero sugar body armor. Yeah, and okay? it's still sugar. <laughs> I'm not going to win this one. I know. No, it, I'm, I'm not going to win it. No, so <laughs> or I actually have another brand. It's called Halo. It, it has a little less like dyes in it and everything, and it's not quite as sweet. But I always try and get like some sort of electrolyte supplement because after a hard day of hunting, it, you you've sweat and you haven't realized it. You need to replenish those salts, the minerals, and everything like that. And I I even sometimes will give them to the dogs if it's just been a hot hard day. Sure. We'll give the flavorless Pedialyte to the dogs, and it it does wonders. I have watched dogs cool. back from like death's door. Just yeah. giving them that will help a lot. Huh? That's cool. That's cool. Well, maybe I'll have to break down and try the old Pedialyte. <laughs> give it a shot. Great for hangovers. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I have so many follow-up questions. Um, Bailey, what's uh, what's a way for uh, people to, uh, I guess, follow along your journey, connect with you? What's what's the best way to uh, connect? So, um, we're on Facebook, Steel Fort Kennels. And then I actually have, I have two Instagrams because I'm bougie. You do have two Instagrams. You know, I have your <laughs> dogs and babies. And then I have uh, Mrs. Steel Fort, I think. Um, and, you know... Bird Dogs and Babies is a little more like kind of the adventure with the dogs and the kids. Um, sure. because I feel like there's not a lot of those out there of how people, you know, balance all of that. And then my other one is kind of just, you know, my fun profile of like we're hunting or, you know, with the horses and everything like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. One of the things I know we didn't get a chance to get into this, but I love how you and Andy are, you know, got the, the boys involved. Marin's always out there with the training dogs or, you know, around the house doing chores. Like I, I love you guys post that kind of stuff. Cause you're right. It's, I guess not very common, I guess, mm -hmm. but I love seeing that kind of involvement from the kids and that's, oh, yeah. that's something I love doing as well. But it's, I uh, actually have I a video that. of, um, we were up in Michigan and Groot, he, he's not a fan of having his tail touched, but here's this, you know, little 16 month old, you know, Marin, she grabs onto his tail and is styling his tail up like we do. <laughs> long tail that's the best. And I'm like, huh. Okay, like how, say you're a trainer's kid without actually saying. It. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's like I, you've probably seen that a thousand times. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Well, one Bailey, question. what's that? You missed one question, and what, I was excited was for this question. Which one? Which one? Uh favorite breed. 
Besides, oh, I missed that one. Favorite breed, yes. Yeah. Besides the one you own, how? Yes. Gosh, it's been a staple. <laughs> so, well, okay, because I have to say it because I feel like everybody says it on your podcast. I no, do. Don't love say it. Don't say it. Don't. Fieldbird tigers. Don't. Gosh. Um, but no, that, that actually is not my breed. I, I do love, oh, I do love Packers, but that's not my breed. Um, okay. a breed that I love that I do not own and I hopefully will is, um, an Aussie. Oh, an Aussie, like a little, like the cattle dog. Yep. Well, not, not the mini Aussies, Aussies cause they're, they're kind of garbage. Um, but... well, the, the ones that like the herd, like the sheep and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. A, okay. a standard, a standard Aussie. And, um, we, we do cattle out here too. And I've always loved them and I rodeo. So yeah, I, I love them. Excellent. Somebody wants to like ship me a blue Merrill Aussie. That would be Ooh, we're getting specific now. Yeah. It'd be appreciated or <laughs> red, you know, red Merrill, blue Merrill. I'm, I'm not a good. Well, yeah. Aussie. okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Everyone, you heard it here. So, uh, if you've got, you've got a good Aussie, <laughs> reach out to Bailey. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Uh, Bailey, this has been so much fun. Thanks for uh, definitely here and uh, Thank you for having me. I I appreciate it. I mean, you're you're crazy, but thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Still so many questions, but again, after uh, hours. After hours. All right. So tell Andy I said hi, and uh, we'll talk to you both soon. All right. Sounds good. Well, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's a wrap of episode 68 with Bailey Taylor. Bailey, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate uh, your, your kindness, your sense of humor, and uh, just coming on here and, uh, and sharing more of your story with us. Uh, I'm still chuckling over some of our jokes and uh, even some of, the, some of the conversation after the recording stopped. So anyways, much appreciated. Hey, guys, don't forget, uh, I'm doing a giveaway here uh, through the podcast, so leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot that to me uh, in Instagram, email, whatever it might be, and I'll put your name in a hat for a drawing for a hat of your choice. Uh, we've got the leather patch up and rookie hats are still available. Uh, doing a couple giveaways. I'll probably do another kind of giveaway on Instagram as well. So stay tuned. Got a couple of different options and opportunities to uh, win an up and rookie hat. Still have a few left for purchase as well. So uh, whether looking for a Christmas gift, birthday gift, someone, uh, or you just want to pick up a hat yourself, shoot me a message and uh, we'll get that. Uh, we'll get you taken care of that way so anyways guys hope everyone is doing well and uh, enjoying your season so far uh, remember go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog remember the thing i used to say because what, what, what was it any bird dog is better than no bird dog yeah i think that was it I forgot to keep i forget to keep saying that i'm sorry whatever the tagline is guys enjoy take care